The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As children, we are forever asking the question, why? Yet, at some point, as we move into adulthood, the question gets easily answered with something similar to, just because. Why did we stop asking why? Welcome to the Mickey Ellison Show, a program where we not only strive to answer those why questions, but we'll find out how to ask more and not settle for just because. Now, here's Mickey Ellison. Good morning and welcome to the Mickey Ellison Show, the second ever Mickey Ellison Show, and where we're going to dare to ask the question why. And, you know, I was going to go into a big speech as to what I was going to say at the beginning of the show, but I can't wait to get the the guest I have with me today on the show. Uh, David Simpson is joining us from uh, Covington, Louisiana. No, where are you, David? Mandeville? I'm in Mandeville. Uh, Covington and Mandeville are kind of the same town. They've grown together. So let me tell you why I wanted to bring David on the show. We both happen to work in the same business. While this isn't a financial planning show, and I never intend it to be a financial planning show, there are some real real truths of what uh, David has to say. And first of all, I want to tell you how I met David. I have a morning routine every day where I get up and I do some type of workout in my basement, listening – what is it? Taking the my daily dose of the uh, – what's he call, what's Mike call it, David? The – the red, the red pill, pill or the blue pill or uh, your dose of I'm constitutionalism take... or something? <laughs> <laughs> so while everybody else in America may work out to music, I listen to Mike Church on Sirius XM every, every morning as I'm doing it. But one day I was listening to the show, and, and David was on, and he says so many things. It just made so much sense, and I at least felt like I am not the oddball in, in, in the industry of financial planning that asked some of the questions that, that I asked. There was someone else out there. And – when I first – I think I emailed you, David. Is that right? I don't remember, Mickey. I just remember that uh, I was elated to get a response from a fellow financial planner because I feel like the oddball myself a lot of times. <laughs> and maybe we just are. But, uh, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but uh, you know, David took the time to, to take a email and then bothered to call me. We've become close friends. Um, David is also – the, the owner of Fiscal Fitness Company is an insurance investment management and financial advisory business. And he also has just just uh, had a book that's come out called – what's it called, David? Financial Sanity and Three Easy Lessons. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're not going to talk about the whole book because we want you to actually go to the Mickey Ellison Show page on, um, on Voice America Variety and buy the book. But uh, – 
Um, we will talk. Let's talk a little bit about the book and what, what caused you to write it, David. Or tell us a little bit more about yourself. There's so much stuff here. I left out the recovering attorney part because, uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't want people to hold that against you. Yeah, that's a tough one to overcome. Uh, you know, when you're a, when you're a lawyer, uh, even of, uh, I think the last time I practiced was probably, gosh, has it been 11, 12, 12, 13? I don't know how long it's been, 12, 13 years ago, maybe. Um, they still hold it against you. Um, why did I write the book? I, part of it's pure laziness. I, um, you know, I, I said lazy writing a book is lazy. How is that? Well, because I get asked the same questions over and over and over and over and over again. And I, I mean, I may be honest with you, you know, sometimes when you're talking to the 106th client and he's asking the same question that number one asked and, uh, and you're having trouble remembering how you explain it the last time, <laughs> and it doesn't make sense anyway, cause it's kind of countercultural and, and counterintuitive. Uh, I said, you know what? I'm just going to write it all down once. And then if someone asked me a question, the first thing I would say is, look, just read my book. I'm not, I'm not trying to make five bucks off of you, but if you just read it, at least maybe we're going to be close to being in the same ballpark before, uh, before we actually start talking. So it was a way to short circuit some work. And, uh, that was one of my impulses, I have to admit. Impulses to write a book. Well, you are much more talented at, uh, at the English language than I am because, you know, we're both from the South, but apparently down in Mandeville, they, they teach <laughs> English a little better than they did in, in uh, Williamston, South Carolina, where I'm originally from. And also, just so you know, how, I woke up this morning going over. I do uh, every Wednesday morning. I'm also on a political talk show here in town, and I, I wake up. To find out that it snowed, I didn't know it was going to snow, and it was 10 degrees, and I'm coming from you from sunny, balmy, 10-degree Wichita, Kansas. Wow. It's got to be better than that there, right? Oh, no. I was going to say, well, this is strange because last night we had flash flood warnings. It rained cats and dogs last night. My entire yard is flooded, and um, so the strange weather across America persists, and it's everywhere. So, well, let's get into the book and and, and talk a little bit about it. I know that uh, we don't have a lot of time in this segment, but... What I really, I think when I first talked to you about the book, I, what was it I told you? Let's just talk about the, the first lesson that you have. Right. And, and again, the book is Financial Sanity and Three Easy Lessons. And after reading the whole book, I finally sent you another text that said, hey, I think we need to talk about more than just the first chapter. Well, I'll, I'll be glad to talk about the whole thing. You know, you mentioned before we started, it's only a 100-page book. I, I've read the book um you know, in the in the finished product, and I think it took me less than an hour. I mean, I just sat down and read it one afternoon just to see if it kind of flowed. I also wanted to check out the formatting of the books. My my lovely wife did all the editing and kind of the final layout. And I and I quite frankly, I don't like the layout, the final layout at the end, not because she didn't do a good job. Just it's hard to self publish a book. But um, but you know, I do I do feel like it hit a lot of things. But sometimes I look at it and I say, you know, maybe I didn't go into enough depth. Maybe I should have added some more dimensions to this. Um, especially the practicalities of how this whole system works together, but um, but you know I had to, I wanted to limit it and I wanted to limit it intentionally to some simple ideas that I think we have wrong on the most fundamental level of financial planning. Uh, me and you, you know, we've known each other for I don't know maybe a year plus now. It's uh, more, it's more to, than that, man. It's more than that. I, I I get crazy enough about a year and a half ago to to just drive down to Mandeville, Louisiana, okay, and well, you hang out with, time, hang with you guys. Time flies when you're having fun, right? <laughs> Yes, it does. Yes, but it does. You, you and I have this conversation all the time. There's something wrong in the industry when people come into you and the first thing they're, they're thinking about is retiring in a hammock and drinking pina coladas in Florida from age 55 to 95. Um, and I felt like that we, I had to, in, in this book, really focus on the wrong 
road that we call materialism. It's wrong to get on that road. You're not going to be satisfied with it. You're going to end up with a lot of pain and agony. So why don't I tell you that from the front end and say, hey, let's, let's try to change the road we're on before we even start this operation. Sure. And, and that reminds me of half the, the literature I get from different insurance companies, different uh, investment companies. And it's always that same picture. It's this smiling, happy person. Yeah. They're either sitting on a beach, drinking a pina colada or whatever mm-hmm. it is they have, have in their hand. And, you know, what I have found, and maybe you found this in your practice as well, is that there's so many people that have done all the things they were supposed to do to save for retirement. And they retire and they spend the next, gosh, I don't know how many years worrying about nothing but what happens if I lose my money. Yeah. You know, that was one of the things I put in my book was actually, and I, I, I admit I had to go research this, but I'd already experienced it in my practice. I've been in business for, uh, I don't know, 16 years or so. People are very miserable in retirement. It's been my, it's been my experience. Um, and so I, but I did a little research on it, and sure enough, they have a whole slew of what kind of diseases now in retirement. You have the worry wart, the person who's going to worry themselves to death about being out of money. You've got the person who's alone. He used to go to work every day and see all of his friends. Now he's staying in his house and bored to death, but he's, but he's really just feeling terribly lonely. And they went on and on. There was four or five or six or seven different things that people experience in retirement, and none of them are good. Uh, Something's wrong. Something's wrong with that. Like you said, and they did everything right. They did the whole process, and uh, and, and now they're miserable. It's it's bizarre. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of I think it was Peyton Manning, or I don't remember. It was one of the the famous quarterbacks in the NFL not too terribly long ago when they finally won their first Super Bowl, and they got to the end. They said, "This is it." Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the journey is what what is what is important, and. I don't know, you know, retirement should mean different things to different people. And this isn't going to be a retirement show, but the re- I think it means something different to all of us. I think in the book you pointed out how people get to, to retirement and now their life is, it shouldn't be, but a lot of times it's pointless. Yeah. You know, it, and like you said, it, it's not just about retirement. I just think it's that one jumps to the fore because it is the preoccupation of so many people. And, and I think it's the preoccupation and it, because, of, because of the financial and services industry, just what you said. Every piece of literature, every commercial, every picture you ever see has always got the person you know, about to do, go skiing or the one that's laying on the beach or the one – and that supposedly is nirvana. That supposedly is happiness. Well, it's not. Uh, of course, by the way, you notice these people when they're retired, they're always perfectly healthy. They're, they're the best-looking 50-whatever-plus-year-olds you'll ever see in your life. They have no health issues. <laughs> um, <laughs> their, their children apparently still travel with them. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. Um, but, uh, yeah, the pictures, our, our advertising is all false. And we create these illusions and we create these dreams, and they're bad dreams, and they end up, I, say, I, I believe, leading to a lot of more misery than they ought to. And it's just because we're not dealing with facts from the front end. Well, I think it leads to to one of the common myths that I think is taught in in everyday life, and that's perception as reality. No, guys, reality is reality. Perception is exactly that. Now, sometimes you get to it and you find out the perception and the reality matched up. But what happens? You know, I can have the perception that I can travel down a road that I'm on for the next 150 miles. The reality may be that the bridge is out two miles mm-hmm. ahead, and if I keep going down that road, I'm going to die. Yes. No, I, you know, there's a lot of those little false axioms that float around, Mickey. And, um, you know, this is not to say that you have all the answers or I have all the answers. It's to say that we're all we're all struggling to find the truth. But at least we should start off saying there is a truth, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there is a truth. If, if we're struggling to find it, there's got to be one. 
Um, now, some people you run into, uh, like I ran into Nelson Nash at some point in my career, some people you run into, and just when you talk to them, you realize they've got a little bit more of a car on the market of truth than you've got. And so you say, hey, I need to learn more from this guy. And then you find That's- another guy who clearly does not have, uh, you know, the sense God gave a goose, and you say, hey, I don't really want to learn a whole lot from him because he doesn't seem to have a whole lot of truth going on in his brain. And so that, to me, is the exercise. Um, When you find somebody with some wisdom, you you attach yourself to them and try to learn and grow, and then you want to share that also. Um, There's no, you know, wisdom is not something that if you keep it all yourself, you've got, you know, you're the greatest guy in the world. Wisdom is the more you share it, the better off we all are. (laughs) We're We're coming up on a break right now, and we're really going to delve into some topics in this book when we get back. Um, I have David Simpson with me today from uh, has written a book, Financial Sanity and Three Easy Lessons. We'll talk more when we get back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are tuned to the mickey ellison show to connect with the show today please call 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or you can drop mickey an email to mickey at money-planning.com now back to the show All right, welcome back to the Mickey Ellison Show. I was waiting for the Bon Jovi to play it. I guess I misunderstood. Anyway, folks, this is the second time I've ever done a show live of my own, so when I screw this up a few times, just laugh at me. That's okay. And But today I have with me David Simpson. David Simpson is the author of a new book called Financial Sanity and Three Easy Lessons. If you want to get that book, just visit my, my page. I think you can get it on Amazon as well, right, David? Yes, you can. I, actually, all the booksellers I have out there are in the ebook style, sure. And, and I actually, the link I put on, on my show page is actually the link to Amazon to where you can go get the, the, the book. The but there's so is. much, there's so much wisdom in this. And obviously you, you wrote it purposely, I think. I, you even said that in the last segment. It's a hundred pages, but you could go into so much more depth in some of these things. And, and let's, let's talk about a few of the, the areas that, that you discussed. And, and I think it's areas that, oftentimes get missed with financial planners because there's so much focus on retirement planning. Yeah. There's so much, and it doesn't mean that that's not an important piece of, of a financial plan, but there are other areas. Let's talk about some of those, David. And, and, and first of all, let's go back to the very first uh, lesson. And I want to read, I'm going to read the flaws there. You said there's two fatal flaws um, today that people suffer from. And the first, it, it says this, the first flaw the theological flaw can be rather simply expressed as one which makes money into God. The second flaw, the philosophical flaw, makes money the source of one's happiness. And I, I think that uh, we have so often – you ask most any person, reasonable, per, well, reasonable person, they're going to say that, no, I don't look at money as a God. But I do remember somebody telling me one time, you pay attention to what a person does, and if that person – Whatever they're focused on, whatever they're doing on a daily basis, everything that their their life is centered around, you can see by by the actions that they that they do. Yeah, you know, I I go on other shows and and I, and I think as time goes by, for some reason I'm I'm getting this reputation as uh, more of a minister a minister than a financial advisor, uh, and it's, of course they always mean it as a sneer and as a jab, not as a compliment. Um, that's not, uh, you know, and I guess I'll just take I'll take the you know the criticism as it comes. But um, you know, when you when you talk to someone and they say, oh, you know, if I lost my money, well, I'll tell you right now, I live in a very affluent parish, you know, analogous to your counties. Sure. I live in a very affluent parish in Louisiana, and we have the highest teen suicide rate and probably one of the highest adult suicide rates in the country. And the reason being is, is very you know, often uh, one of these fly-by-night companies, or not fly-by-night, but a, a, a temporarily successful company goes under, and then the person offs himself. Um, why? Because the thing he most believed in, the thing that he most thought would save his mortal life, is gone. And to me, that's a complete you know, misapplication of, of the importance of money. 
Um, we all came into the world with nothing. I mean, do we, how many often do we have to hear this? We all come into the world with nothing. We'll leave with nothing. Why are we so wor- worried if we lose it temporarily during life? Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, remember the, as a, I remember as a young kid, and, and this didn't hit me until I, until I grew up. We grew up, and I, and I had one of the greatest childhoods of, of, that you could ask for. We, it was very simple. In the summer, we got up, we played wiffle ball, we went swimming, we did all those things. But I do remember at times when we would go to the grocery store, the days when you, your mom would make you go, and her writing a check knowing that it wasn't clear until she got paid, which mm. later on pointed to me that, you know, oh, we didn't have a lot of money. Right. Uh, but, but we didn't know that. We look, I have no complaints uh, as far as my, my rearing. I have the greatest parents that, that, any kid could ever ask for but um well let's i I know i'm going to change gears a little bit let's talk about some of the things that you have in here and and um you start with what you want to start with and i will add to it because i i really thoroughly enjoyed the book well thank you um well you know i uh i focused my practice first and then of course this book with things that I thought were the most important. And, and the reason they aren't usually addressed by other financial advisors is because they don't make any money. But the first one in the book and the first one that I'll discuss is the budget. I mean, budgets aren't sexy. Budgets are boring. Nobody likes budget. No one likes discipline. It, causes, it, it you know, requires sacrifice, all the things we don't want to hear as human beings. Um, but I'll tell you, when my wife and I were struggling, when we first got married 21 years ago. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, we uh, we got a book by a guy named Larry Burkett, who's passed away, but Larry was another wise man in the, in the financial services business. And um, he wrote a little book called uh, Family Financial Planning, I think it was. And it was all, really it was just about budgeting. It really wasn't a financial plan. It was a budget. But it used the old envelope system. You know, I, don't know if you were, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but people used to come home they, they got paid in cash, you know. And they would come right. home, and they would take their cash, and they would divvy it up amongst seven or eight envelopes. And one envelope was for groceries, and one was for clothes, and one was for school, and whatever. Uh, you get the idea. And and uh, that's how they budgeted their money. Well, he took that concept and just used paper sheet. In other words, he would use ledger paper as your envelope. You don't have to actually put it in envelopes. But he thought it was a good system to make sure you told your money where to go instead of your money telling you where it went. And... Uh, that first simple principle, when it, when it hit me, my, my wife and I used it, by the way. Um, he also brought the issue of tithing, which is another thing I talk about in the book. Um, but it, it, it was those two simple things that I think got me kind of on the right road of finances. And this is before I was even a financial advisor. Um, it, it was just uh, th- that important that I saw that that simple mechanism of not being so consumed with money but just – just managing it prudently, giving some to God, uh, giving some to your fellow man, that really caused a change in my heart, and I've been that way ever since, and I just thought it was important to include it in the book. Well, And I, I congratulate you on learning that, uh, what was it, 21 years ago? Because I am on the other side of the, the ledger where I came, out of, uh, I came out of college, was quickly dissatisfied with the job that I – and what I had majored in. And started chasing wealth only to find myself, oh, $200,000 or so in debt a couple of years later with my wife's, I mean, my mom and dad's house being the collateral on that debt. Mm. And, um, you know, it's one of the most painful things that I had gone through. We were fortunate enough, by the grace of God, we never missed a payment. We never were late on a payment. None of that stuff happened to us, and it has to be the grace of God. I can actually give you a, a, a quick story that how God played a role in this, and I believe this to this day that he did. We 
we signed a, a, a lease at an office. It was $2,200 a, a month. Now, get this. I'm 24 years old, 25 years old, starting this business. I've got a lease that's $2,400 a month. We made a profit in that business one month. That tells you we weren't very good at it. Hmm. But we made a profit in the business one month. And that month was the month that the rent was coming due on the on, on the office building, and we had 200 I think it was two hundred fifty dollars in the bank. Wow! wow. And somehow, some way, and I believe it's God. I don't, it, 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 we had we got paid that month, and we're fortunate enough paid the paid the lease, uh, paid paid the rent, and we're able to sublease the pro- the property to someone else. And and once you finally get out of that, David, you could probably know people who can relate to this. We were so working hard to get out of that thing, and when it was over, like, oh crap, what now? Yeah. Well, you know, that's an important lesson, though, Mickey. And, and, you know, that's another thing I think that we don't ever really address as financial advisors is these lessons that that we ought to expect our clients to have or get. For instance, you learned a great one. It would be easy for me to work with you, in other words, because you would come to my office with the idea of a good work ethic, discipline, uh, the fear of debt, um, the, the idea of the grace of God saving you and putting things in proper perspective. So, But for some reason... We do the exact opposite as an industry anyway, which is we try to make sure that no one ever has any pain. They never have any problems, that we insulate it all with insurance and with money and with, uh, you know, whatever, some, some type of um, a soft landing where they never learn anything. And so then yeah, they're it, complete fools with their money <laughs> because they've never <laughs> had a hard knock. It doesn't make any sense. I, we've got to start accepting things like the school of hard knocks so we can become wise again. Uh, kind of flashing back to something you mentioned earlier about the good old days and being poor and all that stuff. Everything I hear about the good old days, um, my parents, for instance, my dad was a physician, and uh, when he was a young doctor in New Orleans, uh, we lived basically in a row house because we had no money. He was interning and everything else. And all I hear is how great those days were. Everyone on that block were friends. Uh, they all had a beer or two together every other afternoon and you know barbecued some meat when they could get it. But for the most part, they didn't have a pot to piss in. But those were the good old days for them. When they had lots of money, they were all miserable. Uh, very, very peculiar. It, it's one of the things I actually tell clients when they come in uh, and, and to do a financial plan. And I am not the guy that's going to charge you $2,500, $3,000 to create this pretty book when you come in to to be wrong as soon as you walk out the door because right. it all it's all projections. It's, it's to make you feel better. It doesn't mean that you don't put a, a game plan. You have a financial report card that you put under your book, so you are being accountable. But the the thing that I think happens to so many people is they come in looking for security, 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 security. Mm-hmm. And guess what, guys? I can't provide it. David can't provide it. Only only place I know that that it can be provided is God. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And you know, security will always be that that thing that that. Vaporous, never, you know, you never can get your hands around it because when you, like you said, when you have all the money in the world, your insecurity becomes, what if I lose it? <laughs> right. Uh, right. Yes. I mean, I think, you know, going back a little bit to the book, you know, I tried to break it down into some simple things and I really believe that we do have to start reevaluating how we look at things that are in our core being. Now, this is not a popular message. That's why I probably run off more people than I acquire. But to me, that's okay. Uh, if I just put a little bug in their ear and they come back to me six years later or they never come back to me, at least I got them thinking maybe they're thinking about this equation the wrong way. And I believe in, a, in large measure we are as an industry thinking about all these things in, in a little bit of an improper way.
Sure. And folks, we're coming up on a break. And before we go to the break, I want to remind you that David Simpson is with me. David is the author of a new book, Go Get It. It's Financial Sanity and Three Easy Lessons. You can find it on Amazon. You can also find a link on the Mickey Ellison Show webpage to uh, to look it up. And folks, these are some great lessons. And when we get back, there's a couple of things that David has in the book that I really want to talk about and is some of the flaws with retirement planning. And there's another one that I really want to hit on. And you started talking about it briefly, David, and that was insurance. Folks, we'll be back in a minute. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are tuned to the mickey ellison show to connect with the show today please call 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or you can drop mickey an email to mickey at money-planning.com now back to the show
He's also one of the smartest people that I know. At least he's got me thinking that. Has written a book called Financial Sanity and Three Easy Lessons. You can find it on Amazon or you can go to the Mickey Ellison Show webpage on, on Voice America's website. And there's a link to buy the book if you're interested. It's not, an, it's not the, the book that you often hear or, or hear about or see on television where we've got this investment, this is the one you got to buy. David, I got to tell you this. There's a show here in town that I laugh every time I hear a commercial about it. It's called Dream Catchers. Why not? With, with, uh, why not? Let's go catch our, our dreams. You are not going to catch your dreams with David or I. Your dreams are your dreams. Now, we will help you help you to uh, try to achieve those things. But, hey, before we went to the break, I mentioned something about insurance and emergency planning and retirement planning. Let's talk a little bit about emergency planning because one of the things I ran into when I first got into the business was I would see – and the person who trained me was also trained in the insurance side – and I would see folks come in that had limited budgets. They had they had done a decent job of, of retiring, saving for retirement, and other things of that nature. And oftentimes they would be shown, "Well, you need insurance for this. You need insurance for that. You need insurance for this." And I'm going, "Good gosh, how are they supposed to afford this stuff? Are they? Right. I I don't get it." And there's so much, especially. I look at long-term care insurance. I'm not telling people not to go buy long-term care insurance, but the big push with long-term care insurance is, well, you don't want to be a burden on your kids. Well, nobody wants to be a burden on their kids. But there was a day when I didn't look at – while it may be hard, I didn't think about my parents as being a burden. I thought of it as what I was just supposed to do if they needed help. Uh, amen to that. <laughs> uh, now, your parents might end up rejecting, say, I don't want to do it, but sure, that's what the child's supposed to do, right? I, I kind of remember it going the other way when we were in diapers and they had to change those nasty <laughs> things, right? They didn't want to do it, but they did. <laughs> no. no. But but let's talk a little bit about that and and, and part of the book where you talk about insurance. You know, insurance is funny, and I'm with you. Let me, let me qualify this. I actually sell life insurance, and um, – I don't do health anymore, and I don't have a property and casualty practice, but um, I, I will just say this. Don't take anything we say you know, today as, okay, I'm going to go drop all my insurances. There are places for these things, uh, but you do need, in my opinion, need an advisor to talk you through this to come up with a plan and then to stick with that plan. I, I can tell you one thing right now. If you do nothing else besides have one idea, like I'm going to save 10% of my money for the rest of my life, that plan will probably work. Um, the, the idea is you need to have a plan and, and vehemently stick to it. But on the issue of insurance, and again, don't go off and sell all your insurance just because I say these things. We have gotten to the point where, just like you said, and I even say this in the book, we now have insurance in case our insurance doesn't work. That's called <laughs> an umbrella policy, right? Uh -huh. Uh, yep. I mean, how ludicrous is this going to get? Are we going to have now the insurance in case the other insurance that covers our insurance doesn't work? I mean, how many, how many layers back are we going to do this? We have life. We have health. We have property. We have long-term care. We have health insurance. Uh, by the way, if you are watching anything at all, you know the health insurance is a complete joke and a waste of time. I've actually – well, I should, I'm not going to say it. I won't say I dropped out of health insurance. <laughs> Just know that I'm not doing exactly the mainstream thing on health insurance. Um, Insurance was meant, way back when it was conceived, to handle catastrophic events. Now, those don't happen very often, but what we've done is we've made insurance cover everything if we have a sniffly nose to uh, if my car needs an oil change. And it's yeah, that's the one I was going to go to. And it's costing too much, and everyone's wondering why. Well, that's why. It's not doing what it was meant to do, and we've, we've abused the notion. 
and, and there are so many uh, changes, so many things that are wrong with the insurance industry. And that actually brings me to, to my guest that's going to be on next week is Dr. Keith Smith out of the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. And I, I can't wait to do this show. In fact, I might just have Dr. Smith talking. He just shut up the whole time because th- it's talking about insurance and, and, and the – uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, David? The the uh, um, when it flaws the market. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, distorts. Uh, distorts the market. Distorts the market. And mm-hmm. it was absolutely amazing the first time that I heard him on on with Mike Slater, who who also was another talk show host. And he has been nice enough to come on to onto the show. But yeah, that's one of the areas that really really bugged me. And and, and there's some products that are out there that that you know I would see. Young couples come in, and young couples will come in to visit financial planners. You you have a couple of kids at home. You're making decent money, and then the planner would try to sell them a policy that uh, that was possibly a variable universal life policy or something of that nature that was going to cost them significantly more money than just to cover what they needed at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was it was a shame. And I have my own personal reasons. Maybe the way you get paid on that policy is why you would do it. But it, it it just blew my mind that that you would have people spending so much money on on this stuff when in fact they really couldn't afford to do so. And and I like that. Here's the one I bet you you've heard a million times. Well, David, if you can't afford the insurance, you can't afford not to have. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean that kind of. You wonder where you come up with these ideas, right? I mean that's a great sounding little clip but it doesn't really hold water when push comes to shove i will tell people this if you want a, a kind of a litmus test of how to buy the things in the financial services arena if it doesn't make sense to you if it kind of makes your your eyes go crossed a little bit then don't buy it i mean and, and you may say oh that's an oversimplification but no it's pretty close to the truth i mean uh i've been and i was around before long-term care you know came into vogue and then it got all hot and bothered but when it first came out i thought the same exact thing you thought i said wait a second so instead of people taking care of their own families idea is going to be to pay an institution an exorbitant amount of money to take care of them for us now how if we all start doing that how could it possibly be covered by insurance because remember insurance is for catastrophic things we all get old and fail so what they're doing is they're creating an insurance policy that's bound to fail. And what's happened? Every year they raise the rates of long-term care because they didn't actuarially account for what was going to happen. Well, well, the whole idea of insurance, David, isn't it for a whole group of us to get together, we pull all of our money, and then somehow if one of us has one of those catastrophic events, that's what's, what is paid. It's not this whole thing. I laughed when you were talking about the car idea a minute ago. But, yeah, I mean how expensive would your auto insurance be if, you, if it covered oil changes, tire changes, all those different things, when in reality what I need to make sure is if I – if I total my car or if it's going to cost me 20000 I can't afford a $20,000 cost to repair my car, that's what it's going to cover. It's not going to cover my tires. Absolutely. And, and you see, that's the – now, I, I said use, use the litmus test of if, if it kind of makes your, 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 your brows furrow a little bit. You're kind of like, that doesn't seem like a whole, a whole lot of sense. Maybe, maybe that's not so common anymore. Maybe our common sense is failing us and people are going, no, I think, I think insurance companies can pay for everything. But I'll just tell you – you know, I live down here in South Louisiana, and we had a thing called Hurricane Katrina come popping by here, and just about every house or every other house in every neighborhood was destroyed. And you heard those uh, 
homeowners insurance companies crying. They couldn't pay their claims, and they were jacking everybody. They were cheating everybody, and they were doing all kind of untoward things. And it's because if it happens to everyone, it can't be covered. <laughs> yeah, it's just like life insurance. I, I think I read one term on, one time on term life insurance. It's about 2% of the to- total policies that ever actually pay out a death benefit. Right. And it's easy to go figure out if every one of us died at the same time that had a policy with XYZ company, then that company would go out of business. It's the same reason we have the security of FDIC insurance at a bank, because to try to prevent, at least give the perception that uh, that the bank will always have your money. That's a whole different uh, show, and I would love to get you back to talk about that kind of stuff, David. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, the, um, the life insurance, of course, you know the theory, and that is, well, at least in life insurance, there's always new people being born when people are dying. So if you supposedly, if you had a cataclysmic, cataclysmic number of deaths, you still could recover from new births. That that's an iffy proposition, but that's the that's the foundation of it. They even have a term that they use called moral hazard, which you've heard. Uh, moral hazard is, hey, we may not be able to live up to our promises. <laughs> so if the insurance company admits that they have a moral dilemma inherent in their business, then you better take a little skeptical view of the whole thing. Uh, that's, that's my point. I'm not saying drop them all. I'm saying no, be, be cautious. In fact, in, in fact, when you're talking about life insurance, and you're going to have to read the book to find out this other part that David's got, with, which is uh, the, the be your own banker deal. But the Insurance can be used for for great purposes. It's just understand what you have. No, I, I made a statement not too long ago, and I think this is uh, and and I've gotten some pushback at times from folks. I said when you go in to see when you come to see David, when you come to see me, you should be able to repeat back at least generically what you're investing in and what you're doing, and specifically what you're paying to get it. Does and if you can't do that, you're not ready to to make that move. Absolutely, um, that's a great point, does, Mickey. That's a great it, point. It, it doesn't mean that you're going to understand specifically what's going to be happening. I take my car to, to the local mechanic. Now, I have to trust that he's an expert on that. But I do know what my car is supposed to do when I get it back out, and I know exactly how much I paid for it. Right. No, that's no doubt. That's right. And like you said, and if he says, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, you should go, okay, you're going to do Z, Y, X. He goes, well, yeah, not exactly how you said it, but that's right. I'm going to do those three things. Right. And, folks, we're coming again to close to a break. I want to remind you to uh, to go visit Amazon and look up Financial Sanity and Three Easy Lessons, written by David Simpson, who is my guest today on the show. And, folks, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun, and we're going to have one more segment, and I don't want you to miss that. We're going to hit that retirement deal that we talked about in the second segment. Uh, folks, we're at this break. We'll see you in a minute. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at money-planning.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Mickey Ellison Show. And today we're going to, in this segment, we're going to dive right in because I have a tendency to talk too long right at the beginning of the segment. Um, I have with me David Simpson. David Simpson is a friend and and also a very wise man. He's written a book. I think it's a book that most anybody can understand. It's only 100 pages long. It's called Financial Sanity and Three Easy Lessons. And I heard somebody one time, David, tell me that the most important, the most Intelligent people in the world have ability of simplifying simplifying things down to where others can understand them. The people who are actually the frauds are those that use really big words to make them sound like they're themselves sound like they're smart. You know, I laugh at that because everybody goes the blah blah blah. I'm going, I have a degree from Vanderbilt University. It's not exactly like it's that easy to get get in and out of, but it doesn't make me any smarter. It means I could pass some tests to get out of college. That's what it yeah. means. Yeah. Well. I- I hope what you're saying is true. I hope I have some wisdom, and I hope that I can simplify things because I do think there are some technical and are kind of arcane things in our industry that probably do need some simplification. I happen to believe even further, though, that a lot of uh, our problem today is we just we've gotten so technocratic. You know, everything has to be some kind of specialty, and I and really that's another whole main theme of the book. If it's so complicated that you don't understand it, it's kind of what you said a minute ago, you probably shouldn't do it. Um, do the things you can understand. So like I said, if you have nothing but a simple plan of I'm going to save 10% of my wealth my entire life, I even even use an example in the book that shows that, that might work. Um, it, it might get you, quote, unquote, retired. Um, but, uh, again, I believe in common sense. I believe in tried and true things. I believe in a conservative approach, and I believe in predictability by actually using numbers, showing that it can work. If you get beyond that and start talking about all these hypothetical things and, and crazy technical issues inside of different investments, I think you're off off the mark and are probably going to be disappointed. Yep. I want to get real quick to a quote that you have in the book. And, and before I say this quote, I'm not telling you not to do retirement planning, okay? That is not what this quote is meant to say. You have a quote in here from Nelson Nash, who is the founder of the Be Your Own Banker system. And one of the things he expressed to you, you, you actually say here, 
if the government creates a problem, think of onerous taxation and then offers you the solution to the problem. Think tax deductible retirement plans. Are you just a little suspicious that you're being manipulated? I'm going to put it another way. I I am going to put it another way, and it's a simplified version. Several years back, my brother, who is a is a golf pro, is an independent golf pro, not a not a touring pro. He's a teaching pro. I approached him. I don't know how many years ago, uh, 10, 15, 10, 12 years ago. Said Todd, why don't you actually open up some type of retirement account to start saving some money to put it into an IRA, at least get the tax deduction for doing that? And he said something that I didn't really have an answer to. He says, Mickey. He says, why do I want to put my money into something that I can't touch until 59 and a half when I can use it to build my own business? Well, I had a similar experience. I wasn't smart enough to be stopped before I started. I actually did stuff like this. You know, I was trained at Prudential when I first started in 1998. And, uh, and you know, for what they did, I, I thanked them. I mean, they got me in the business, and it made me kind of open my eyes to the value of this type of, of, of service to your fellow man. But – but they also propagandize you a little bit, you know. They feed you with with a whole sure. patter with a whole patter of sales talk, right? And so, uh-huh. and I thought it was genuine. I mean, because I, I, I was an idiot, you know. <laughs> uh, I thought it was genuine, <laughs> so we, I went out there we and started. Well, I mean, you know, it sounds like it's genuine. I mean, they tell you, okay, if you got somebody who's got some money, they came into, and you need to ask them this series of questions. And by asking this series of questions, you find out if they can put it in a retirement account or not, and then how risky they want to be with it. And you go, oh, that sounds reasonable. So sure, sure enough, it does sound um, reasonable. Yeah, well, sure enough, right, right off the gate, you know, right off the gate, I, I uh, had a person come to me, and they sure exact same situation. She, a parent had passed away, and she'd inherited some money. And she says, uh, I don't want to – she said this to me. Now, this is what was interesting. She actually bought into their, their sales pitch before she ever got to me. She says, I don't want to touch this money until I retire. So I went through the series of questions and to make sure. You know, I asked her, you know, when do you want to use this money? Not for 20 years. Blah, blah. Okay, and then uh, how risky do you want to be? I went through the series of risk tolerance questions. Well, so what do I do? I mean, I checked all the boxes. I put her in a retirement account. <laughs> you know, and so yeah. then three or four years later – she calls me up and says, I, I found some land. It's a great price. I can't pass it up. I'm saying, fantastic. What are you gonna, how are you going to buy it? She <laughs> goes, well, I don't have any money. I'm like, well, so what do you want to do? She goes, I want to get my retirement money. I said, well, that's stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she says, well, I know, but I don't care. I, I, it's too good of a deal. I can't pass it up. So here was my question, like kind of like punching myself in the forehead. Why didn't I think from the very moment – that I ever got in this business, that the people that I work with are probably going to need their money at some point in their life over a 20-year time frame. Yeah. It's ludicrous yeah. to think you can lock money up for 20 years and never use it. That's, that's borderline insanity. Now, I'm well, not saying sure. don't have an IRA, but I'm saying put a little trickle in there when you first start and maybe build up it through time, but don't do it for the dream that you're not going to touch it because you're going to need money somewhere in your lifetime. It has it has happened to every one of us. It happened to my my wife and I. Um, you know, it's it's one one of those things where when I think about um, okay, if you got a 401k at, at your at your employer, well, if they're giving you money to put a certain amount in there, probably should do that. Um, that's that's probably a good idea, and it doesn't mean don't do it. But there's so many other things that you know. I've got a friend of mine here in town that owns a very very successful business, and he he does he has a client of mine to an extent. But every time this guy comes in 
to my office. I just sit and listen because there's so much wisdom that comes from this guy. And this is not a guy you're going to meet at a fancy wine tasting or you're mm-hmm. going to meet it at these deals. He would look like just the average Joe that walks in. He's probably going to have a T-shirt on. He's going to have a pair of shorts on. But yet he's worth I don't even know how many millions of dollars. And one time I it just dawned on me. Why would he want to invest the money that he's he could potentially invest with me when he can actually invest it into things that he has at least some control of? No, no, none control. of us have none, none of us have complete control over everything. Only God has that control. But at least he is directing it the way that he wants to do it. And and, and again, if you have every, I, I saw a client uh, three or four three or four months ago that had a pretty nice nest egg set aside in. In retirement, and she started asking me questions. Well, what happens if this happens? What happens if if that happens? And, and one of you know, she's really worried about the economy, and, and and you know, there's all the scaremongering that's going out there about the collapse of the economy. And she right. goes, "What do I do?" I said, "Well, first of all, start doing some things where it's not all tied to the market and retirement accounts, because what I'm doing in your retirement account, if the economy were to collapse, is worthless." Yeah. Well, you know, another thing Nelson said, I was on a conference call with him one time when he was telling me and explaining to a bunch of guys how to do the be-your-own-banker system. He made this statement. And, of course, when I first heard it, I was just like, whatever. I mean, it didn't even, didn't even, like, it didn't even dawn on me what he meant. But he said, you know, he goes, you, he goes, do you know the number one largest financial need in every client you meet uh, situation? Now, that's a very philosophic statement, right? The highest, most important financial need every client has that you're going to meet. And so we all sit there with bated breath, what, what, what? Yeah, I'm, says, I'm sitting here doing it right now, by the way. And he says, financing. Now, how, how, how underwhelming is that, right? But you <laughs> meditate on that a little bit, and you realize, you know what? We finance our cars. We have credit cards. We finance college educations. We finance trips around the world. We finance, you name it, we're financing it. Matter of fact, he goes on to elaborate that we finance everything, even things we don't believe we're financing because of the way the money system is set up. Well, once you realize what he meant, you can tie that into the whole concept. We need a bucket of money. That's what we need, a constant uh-huh. big old bucket of money that we take out of and replace at interest to ourselves, or else we're not going to survive this fake money regime we have going on through the Fed. Well, yep. It, that plays into the whole idea. Don't lock your money into buckets that you can't get them out of because you need it. Folks, we're at the end of the show. Gosh, I need two, three hours. The show wasn't long enough. David, I hope you will come back and do the show with me at some other time. Folks, if you want the book, go to Amazon. It's Financial Sanity and Three Easy Lessons. Next week, we have with us Dr. Keith Smith of the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. David, thank you so much for being on the show, and I hope to have you back again sometime soon. You're welcome, Mick. It was a pleasure. All right, see you guys next week. so much for joining us on the Mickey Ellison Show. Mickey plans to be here again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We hope you'll be here, too.